Welcome to the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of the one of the only two remaining undefeated PLA teams thus far in the season. After our recent two to one home win against Croatia, I am John, your brutally honest host, joined as always by the Ric Flair of Minnesota soccer, Mr. Nate Morales. Mr. Morales, what's good? Woo, John! I'm gonna tell you what I'm happy. To be outside, the true nature boy, podcasting from <laughs> Fieldside here, here in uh, beautiful South High School. Yes, today we are live at Les Barnard Field, watching the boys train ahead of their next match this Friday night um, against Minnesota United Reserves. But uh, we thought, you know, we won here. We might as well continue the winning ways. And uh, I haven't left. And post up. Yeah, I've, been, <laughs> I've literally been sleeping under the stand. That's cool, Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. feeding off of bugs and <laughs> drinking half-drunk water bottles that were left oh, behind. Just um, bottles of chew spit. Right. <laughs> it's so gross. But um, like we said, the boys are 2-1. and one. We are undefeated. Currently on points with the game in hand, resting in third place in the Western Division of the PLA. Um, but on today's show, we're going to recap the Croatians game kind of go through our thoughts and talk about um you know the man of the match we have an interview with goose um who was also today voted uh on the all-league team for the week yeah that's right um and a close second for the award of man of the match would, would be abdallah boss we interviewed both those fellas um we'll talk a little bit about game day atmosphere and kind of our thoughts our our usual weekly pla recap and then we start previewing uh, the guys who i've been telling to shove it <laughs> All podcast season, yeah. uh, Minnesota United Reserves. Yeah, man. So first up, we're going to take take down this recap uh, of the Croatians' battle. Uh, mostly, we came at it with a full roster. Uh, all of our all of our top dudes were here, except for a, a couple of, a couple yeah. of new new signings of note, a couple injuries. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but our starting our starting roster was uh, was Engel and goal. Then our back line. Of Abdallah Ba, we had Trey as the captain, as usual. Uh, Elder, Ao, uh, and then we had AJ Albers was back. Oh, did I screw up? No, no, you're good. Oh, I thought you were. We're doing it live, folks. I thought you were. I thought you were pausing. You're like, no, but, 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 no, we're good. I'm just, I was hitting the switches uh, here, uh, Nate. Samuel Ruiz Plaza, of course. We had Max uh, finishing up that trio in the midfield, and then, then up top attacking, we had Matthew Gway, Andy Lori, and our man Goose. Uh, that was pretty sweet. We've got some interesting things to note. I mean, I I read the formation as a four three three. You're you're thinking it's more of a four five one. Um, yeah, I'm privy to a little inside baseball okay. here. So, um, but before we get into formation, maybe let's talk a little about the guys that weren't there. Yeah. Uh, so most notably, a guy that wasn't there was uh, a, who another guy who made it on the all league roster the first the first week um, team of the week, which was. Uh, ben Wexler. Yeah. So Ben Wexler picked up a really bad ankle injury and toughed it out for almost the entire 90 in Milwaukee. You couldn't tell. And you couldn't tell, but he sent me some pictures. That thing blew up like a like it a didn't like look a good the next day. It was, it was pretty bad. So he was out as well as, um, you know, uh, Jack Miller, who was a recent signing. We kind of we kind of talked about him, um, the Harvard signing that we had coming in. Still injured. Actually, we can see him right now. Uh, not training, so unable to again play this week. Oh, he's, uh, he's out sitting on the on the bench right now at, at training. Um, so those two guys most notably, and then the two guys from the DA. So the DA is finally over. Yeah, they are ours. So Duncan in in net. We uh, we brought up James, our, our third string keeper, who didn't see any action. Um, That's you know, good. Not not hit not. You know, speaking to his skills, but thank God nothing happened to to Matt. Yeah, Matt did a great job. Matt did a great job, but James would have stepped in. You know. Remarkably, if he had the opportunity. It looked, there was that one time when Matt went down right. uh, with that challenge that we thought, oh, crap. But it was it was all good. Yeah, right. So everything uh, you know, everything shook itself out. Um, the other guy that we didn't have was our boy Ian Smith, or Steve, as Steve. he likes to go by. Um, th- another inside joke that no one else will get. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so so uh, Steve and Duncan are done now. They're, uh, they're out right now at training. Uh, Steve bossing the middle of the field as usual, and Duncan, I don't know, just being big. Big and strong. 
Um, but to go back to your, your question, so four three three, it was actually a four five one. All right. So we we employed kind of our strength um, in the midfield. Um, it's our third formation of the season, um, and probably fourth or fifth if you count what we did um, against Des Moines. Yeah. And against Minnesota United, which we talked about last week. We're gonna do. We're gonna right. change it up right. all the time. So we truly are a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. And we just happened to uh, deploy the uh, the scissors. Of four five one uh, last game, and you know the coaching staff uh, put put the emphasis on the middle of the field where, you know, if we had to talk about a, a position of strength for us, uh, our midfield line we talked about early on our wingers were maybe a little bit shallow, but um, now with having Goose back and, and Will Kid back in the mix, we actually have the opportunity to to go strong with with our midfield. So putting five in there um, kind of also combated the. Uh, the, the brutal nature that is the tackles that the Croatians have, which we'll get into. Um, and then Andy Laurie lone up top. Um, you were, you were down with that, but you weren't, you weren't really feeling Andy all alone. Yeah. You know, Andy, I don't like when Andy's all alone and not because Andy can't create chances himself. It just gets to a point where when he gets the ball, he's doing 90% of his work. To, to get the ball and, and to come back and get it versus being turned around and attacking at defenders. So it's a little bit tough for him. He, you know, he, he doesn't get on the score sheet, so you think he didn't, he didn't play well. Um, and it's not because he just turned up late to practice here. Um, but, no, he, um, he, he's a guy best suited, I believe, going at goal and, to, and breaking defenders down and is lethal with, um, with shots with both feet. And we haven't been able to see that yet. Right. So it's tough for him. And he's doing great work and, you know, he's, he's doing everything he can to, to help the team out. But a lot of the fruits of his labor are a lot of times wasted on defending and, and, and working back to get the ball. Yeah, I agree. I don't think we haven't, I think we haven't seen him utilized uh, at his best. But I did like, now we're talking, I did like the improvement uh, that Matthew Gway showed. I think he was free. To use his speed, I think he had some. He was free to use his strength and his elusiveness to, right. to chase those balls down. I think there were some times that, and he was really dangerous, kind of out, uh, out on the uh, on the left side of the of the goal. He had a couple couple of crosses that were real close. Yeah, you know, I think one thing that Matthew showed. So, as most of you know who who were here and who you know read the recaps, the field was wet it poured right beforehand yep and um, it's, it's a little lumpy anyway. it's, a, it's a little lumpy anyways um not an opportunity to cut cut the grass because of all the rain we had so mm-hmm. it was a little bit high so to see a guy like matthew gway's first touch being so adhesive to his foot that's nice and and dribble through the bumpy patches with yeah. control was extremely encouraging when we're going to get on a flat surface like a turf field He's just going to be working guys and blowing, blowing right by him. So I thought that, yeah, you know, you're right. He he showed some signs of, of why we signed him. Yeah. Another thing I liked about him was he was he came way back to help out on on defense. So I guess that makes that makes total sense that it was a four five one. He was kind right. of more of more more of a mid, going you know back and forth kind of a guy instead of just staying on the attack. Right. Um, but I did I did like that that uh, that work ethic he had. Right, and I think, um, you know, we talk about one guy a lot because of his engine, and he even said on the podcast he's good at running. Yeah. Um, and that's Will Kidd, and w- Will came on for Andy, which moved uh, Matthew to the middle. S- to the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I never try to undermine what I, what I see the coaches doing. Um, for me, personally, um, Will Kidd came on, and, and with that engine, changed the complexity of things, especially after Goose came off. Yeah. Um, but Will Kidd, I think, for a surface like we have at the link, for um, how narrow it is, his engine um, and his ability to be disruptive uh, at the barnyard. At, at the barnyard here, at, and and to be disruptive against defenders, um, and have a, a short-term memory to limp, to forget about any mistakes that he makes, mm-hmm. uh, and just to keep after it. Um, you know, a potential switch of having him being maybe your target guy in a in a situation um, that may dictate it with sometimes at home might be. Might be great to to deploy, but um, you know, again, it's not to say that anything take anything away from Andy, but I think Will is just kind of hitting his stride right now, uh, and he's gonna he's start seeing some more minutes, and he's got a tough group of guys to unseat. Yeah. Um, but potentially, you know, keeping Matthew out on the on the wing and and having Will play up top uh, as a lone striker, or even in a partnership with Matthew or Andy, 
uh, might be something that you know we, we could see um, you know when we, we do another formation change. So we saw on Saturday we saw three new players uh, that we that we hadn't seen before in Milwaukee or really in any of the any of the scrimmages, any of the friendlies. Uh, first of uh, first of them is Max. Yeah, so Max Deguard, he um, scored the game winner. Yep, uh, off the penalty that Goose the Goose um, was brought down the box to to draw. Um, but I thought Max played well because he started for Ben Wexler. I thought like the whole time, like darn it, man, this is a game for Wexler. Mm-hmm. Like just just the control just that the he control has. Control that he has. Yep. yep. Um, but Max did well, Max, especially coming off starting his first match. Um, you know, really. Coming into the, I mean, he'd been at the trainings, you know, we, he was a recent signing, but coming in and doing what he did, I thought, you know, his his small stature against the guys up from the from the Croatians that they threw in the middle, being like big bruisers, they were they, they were big, they, they were they were just crushing him and and Samuel, um, but they both did a great job of bouncing back and really trying to still keep a, a controlling pace to the game even with the conditions. Yeah. AJ was back. Yep. So the beast from the east was as advertised. God, that guy is big. Um, you know. Probably uh, still working off some of the uh, the post uh, the post senior season weight that he put on. Uh, <laughs> I but, don't know about that. Uh, he just looks. No, I'm totally joking. No, he he, tore. he he's he is such a big imposing figure in, that sits in front of that back line. And immediately when I talked to him before the game, I said, you know, the guys in front of you are younger, maybe less inex- inexperienced um, guys, but they're good at soccer. And, and they're going to get pushed around a lot. You're, we're going to need someone to kind of police the field for them. And he said, I got it. And, and in the first 15 minutes, we saw Samuel get chopped twice. Yeah. And immediately after, you saw two Croatian guys go flying into their own bench on the sideline on a tackle. And that was AJ. Mm-hmm. Just a cloud of dust and AJ standing there with, like, hands on hips, you know, like, uh, like Superman with his cape flapping behind him. Just like, <laughs> yeah, I did that. You know, like, lay off my boys. So, but not to, not to take away from the fact that – um, he, he looked great on the ball, too. Yeah. So I mean, he, he wasn't just running around kicking he's people. He's not just an enforcer. Right. He wasn't just running around kicking people. The, the, the dude played well in the back. Uh, I believe he put in almost 90. Yeah. He, I, I think he might have been in for the whole time. I didn't really notice right. any so, subs coming in. It's hard. It was so hard at the end yeah, to track those subs. Yeah. It really was. Especially when they just pop on and we're trying to find out who's, who's who. And, <laughs> and you know, then the guys from Croatians come on and we're like, who are these guys? <laughs> so, um so yeah, so the beast from the east was back, but also we saw our, our first look at Goose. Yes. Uh, what you know, Goose is legit. Terrorized the right side of the field for um, terrorized the right side of the field for the majority of the day. Um, or sorry, the left side of the field. So the, yep. the they're he right, switched. He switched over to the right. Mm-hmm. The um, it was funny too because a lot of the guys that he was up against, uh, more experienced, older players. And the only way for them to equalize him was to chop him down. Drawing a yellow card, drawing mm-hmm. a foul in the box that led mm-hmm. to the game winner, drawing another foul in the box before that that I, I think the referee was just employed to have to call because, I mean, if, it, if there was any doubt in it, the guy brought him down three times in the yeah, box. It was can, like, you got you to call it once. You got to call it once. But he was responsible for terrorizing those guys all game. And much like Matthew, when we get on a, a, a flatter, wider surface – He's going to have more room to operate, and he's really, really going to to get after defenders. Yeah, I mean, I've got some some more stuff to say about Goose in a little bit. We've got uh, we do have some we do have a chat with him where he'll kind of talk about his approach too. But uh, let's let's go on to kind of what the, talk about what the Croatians really brought. And uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So before we get into we that, talk, you you had you had a you had a criticism, yeah, which I, is rare. From which, you. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I am your brutally honest host. All right. Um, you know, all the good things that we say about these guys, we, we can't lose sight of the fact that there were a few breakdowns. And you can't get better unless you identify where your, where your weakness was, mm-hmm. especially in a match. Um, especially out here, you know, like getting onto this field for the first time and, and um, you know, in, injecting some new players into it. There was a mental breakdown sequence that was the sole reason for our goal. Yeah. So the first the first part of the sequence was the ball going into Sam Well and someone telling him to turn but not giving him a direction that he should turn into. <laughs> and he turned right into a defender, turned the ball over, ball popped through. Um, uh, there was a missed tackle by our by our center backs that that led to a through ball that got Elder caught in kind of no man's land and then that led to the goal. So yeah. it wasn't a situation where Matt didn't do what he's supposed to do. It was a situation of high grass, ball getting caught up, not 
getting to him as quickly as he thought it would, and he got caught. Yeah, I mean, I th- you could tell that that moment when he was thinking about making that decision. Should he come out and charge and get that ball, or should he should he plant and hope that somebody could get back? And he just uh, he made the wrong call, and by then the time the time was passing, he had to kind of had to go one on one. Right, and. Um, Andrew Weinbach, who scored the goal, made the team of the week as well this yep. week. Um, so it wasn't like he got beat by some schlub. The guy, that guy was their best player the whole game. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I have a few few un un uh, happy words to say about his goal celebration, telling our crowd to quiet down. But um, you know, <laughs> hey, hey, he scored a goal. Congrats, congrats, Liberty to celebrate. Um, you know, if I was on the field, something else would have happened after that. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's um. So the mental breakdown um, just showed how one slight thing of miscommunication between our guys led to one breakdown, which led to another breakdown, which led to, to Matt kind of getting caught, and it led to a goal. So outside of that, we locked up those mental errors, and we were really owning the entire game. Yeah, we did, that. and not not to you know not to uh, not to the detriment of, of Samuel's performance or anyone in the midfield's performance, because I think that uh, the communication between him and AJ was. Great. And Max. And, and Max, Max yeah. yeah. And I was I was actually pretty excited about that because there were a lot of a lot of times, especially last week, where, you know, Samuel was was getting creative and it just kinda of fell almost fell on deaf ears. Nobody was really picking up what he was putting down. Right. And I think him and AJ were able to kinda kinda Quickly play. too. Yeah. Right? Yep, yeah. yep. So they formed that bond and they were able to kinda of play off each other pretty well. Same with same with Samuel and Max. It's just like you said, you know, those mental mistakes turn into uh, turn into goals. Right, and and we have to we have to point them out. Mm-hmm. We can't we can't be one sided. So that that's one reason I wanted to bring that up. But also we um we had some subs um, that, that did come on. Um, I, I believe everyone outside of Raheem through a clerical error was um, eligible to, to come off the bench. Um, he'll uh, he'll get on one of these days. <laughs> um, but it was uh yeah a league rule that we didn't quite know about with rostering. So uh, our bad on that one, Raheem. If uh, if you're listening to this, uh, I've already apologized to you in person, but. It's good to hear it again through the airwaves. Um, but we saw Chapman, Brian Chapman, subbed on for Ba. And, and to take nothing away from the skill sets and the abilities of, of Brian, um, Ba's a hard guy to unseat on Yeah, the it's going to be it, interesting. And we um, we don't have necessarily a lot of depth, um, true outside backs. And Chapman's a guy who he works hard and he and he does the the things that the coaching staff tells him that playing time will increase mm-hmm. um and you never know what happens to a guy like Bob. does he hit a slump you know like what happens there that that next guy next man up mentality has to be there and he and he did have it he came on he did nothing wrong he um he even got into the attack a little bit he had a like nice, he had a nice free kick too yeah had a great free kick that could have led to a goal if we would have gotten a, a noggin on onto it um but yeah so like I said, hard to unseat a guy like Bob, but, you know, he, he played well. And then the last one, like I mentioned before, we saw Will Kidd come on. I personally want more Kidd. I'm a yeah. Kidd fan. He had a bunch of Como Park folks out here he where, where he, he played. Did. He had a little contingent out here. Got on. I don't know. I don't, you know, I, I don't want to sound biased, but, um, you know, tell me what you thought about his performance when he got on. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think, like you said, he, that engine really helped over in the last few minutes of the game. You know, when you've got a bunch of guys out there with, with some tired legs, you know, Will being able to just chug up and down the field, um, add to the attack, um, you know, and keep pressing. And I think that danger, the new the new danger in the attack over the last, the last you know, 25 minutes of the game were was part of the reason that Goose drew that penalty. Right. I, think, I think, you know, they knew they couldn't afford to, to let chances like that go. Right, exactly, and you know it. It's it's something to be said by how much firepower we actually do have when a guy that talented like Will is working his his tail end off, and and he's he's on the periphery, he's he's getting minutes, but um, you know he, he can only do what he what he can do to to dictate him to play more minutes, and it's continue to work hard like he is. Yep. Um, and but, I mean we've seen the formation changes weekly, so who knows? Next formation, right, he's in. Right. You know, he's got to keep making that game day roster and, and working hard in training. But um, so that's kind of the recap. We did talk to a couple players. Uh, we talked to uh, to our boy and man of the match, uh, Goose. And uh, here's uh, here's what he had to say. Yeah. All right. I am here with Goose. Goose, man, you uh, you really challenged up on your side. You drew a yellow. You drew a penalty. Uh, talk to me about how ag- how your aggressive 
uh, approach to this game kind of came about? Um, when I come into games like this, I kind of have to recognize who's around me and uh, what my play is going to have to be. And when people are going to be so much larger than I am in a physical stature, I have to become more aggressive and raise my game on that aspect. Uh, how do you feel like they, they respected you coming into the game as kind of a young dude, just graduated high school last week? Do you feel like they, they were aware of that? Did they try to challenge you physically? Uh, no, I don't really think there was much of a... They kind of let me be at the beginning. Uh, they didn't really draw defenders towards me. They didn't really do anything along those lines. So it took a little bit for, I think, them to recognize that I was going to be running at them a little bit. Uh, after, you, after you drew that yellow card, you swapped sides. Mm -hmm. did, they, did the coaches talk to you about what the, what the purpose of that was? No, they didn't. I have a, somewhat of a feeling that because when you're on the pitch, you kind of hear some of these things these guys say, and he was kind of a hothead, and I think that was avoidance of me getting injured. I think he had more of a tenacious mindset on that. Oh, you were looking for they were looking for retribution? <laughs> All right, that's interesting. All right, so talk to me about drawing that penalty. Uh, so walk me through kind of where you were on the field and what what your mindset was, uh, you know, going uh, going in for the attack and kind of what happened what happened there. Well, when uh, when Gway played me through, he uh, he played it at a perfect point where it was kind of almost 50-50, but I was able to get there before him, almost at the top of the box. And my first touch in my head had to cut off his run because either he has to stop or is he's gonna he did he had to follow me because then I'm in his way. So my first touch just went in front of him and said either he's gonna stop and I'm gonna have a shot on goal or he's gonna foul me, which he did. So, all right, man. Well, awesome game. Uh, I think we're gonna be talking about it a little bit on Monday, me and John. But I think we're uh, we're all happy with your with your first performance here. Thank you. Super happy to have you on the team. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank all you. right. Wasn't that just a treat, folks? <laughs> Young Goose. Goose, man. He, uh, Goose. He is definitely the player of the game, in my mind, for sure. Uh, real, I was really impressed with this guy. He's, the individual skills that he, that he has on display make it really hard to believe that he just graduated high school earlier this like, in May. Like, literally just graduated high school. And, you know, it's nothing to take away from what Matthew did by scoring our first goal and becoming a legendary trivia answer. Yeah. Um, but Goose, like basically set up the winning goal. Yeah, not, not only that, but I think he set the tone for, for most of the game along with along with Bob. But I think, you know, when the way he the way he acted on the attack, the way he was able to break down his defenders, no matter which side of the field he was on, uh, was was really like I said, really set the tone. I think, God, you know, like the dribbling on this guy was the dribbling that this guy had on display was awesome. He was just frustrating his defender all half. Right. Whichever which, and then in second half when he flipped sides, he frustrated a new defender. Um, and that culminated in that yellow, that first yellow card. Right. You know, um, he was so nice one on one. I was rewatching the stream, and mm. uh, you can tell when he leaves his guy in the dust or in the mud, as it were. Because you can hear the. the you can hear everyone just go, oh! <laughs> like you could just see how you could just hear how nasty it was. The thing is, he doesn't have like a whole bag of party tricks. Like he's got some moves. Like clearly, he does. He's he's, he's been he's worked on those. Yeah. You can tell. But it's just his quick first one-two touches that just no one's ready for. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just, so I was just really happy to watch him. Um, I didn't really know what to expect when you're talking about a high school kid coming onto the team. Uh, but dang, I'm I'm excited to see where, where this kid's gonna go this. And season. I'm excited to learn the origin of the goose. Did like, he, okay? What? See, I thought it was like Steve, where you just gave him that nickname. He no. showed up and was like, "Call me Goose." No, it was like. I got introduced to him, and he said, like, hi, my name's Isaac. I'm like, hey, Isaac, how you doing? And then everyone's like, oh, man, that Goose guy is sick. I'm like, which one's Goose? <laughs> like, is there a Maverick? I don't know. Like, what's happening here? So uh, I think we'll have to kind of pry into that one a little bit as yeah. the season goes on. So that was awesome. That guy, that kid brought some skills. He broke right. some ankles. Um, oh, but just... we also talked to Abdallah Ba. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's hear what to Abdallah, who I think was a close second. Um, once again, not sliding Matthew, a close second in in man, in man of the match. Maybe co-runner-up, sure. runner-up man of the match. Yep. So here's what what Abdallah had to say. All right, we're here with uh, Minneapolis City defender Abdallah Ba. Abdallah, tell me how the first victory feels. It feels amazing. It feels great. Finally got one on our wings to early in the season, feel confident, get the season rolling. Feeling nice. So it seemed as if you kind of had the left side pretty much locked down. What was the Croatian team kind of throwing at you guys on the left side there? Mainly, they were just trying to hit long balls, and we just had to adjust our bodies and just kept following the game plan. Just we knew what they were gonna do the whole time. They can't. They, they had didn't have any other game plan. They were just hitting the ball long balls all the time. 
So as far as um, kind of the, we kind of saw the field, it was a little wet, a little, little bumpy. How did that kind of change things for you from the style you guys wanted to play? Um, it didn't really change that much at first, but towards the, when we got in the game a little bit, we knew we had to change it a little bit because the field was wet, obviously, but still just got to keep on going. So first three points. We have big three points at home. Uh, we look forward to uh, the next match with Min Minnesota United FC. Yeah, um, you know, what do you think we can build off of onto the next game? I think what we need to really work on more is communication and work on more more work on the attacking turn. That way, we don't have to wait for the late game winners and that we put teams away right away out because we had a lot of chances to do that in the first half as well. All right. Any any other final thoughts in the game? I just thought it was great and kind of just looking to build on. All right, three points to three points. That was Abdalabad, defender for Minneapolis City. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so Ba really had his side of the field on lockdown. Uh, you know, I think he, he's more effective than he was when he was in the middle last week, you know, under that, you know, kind of that center back role. I think less to worry about. Defensively meant that he could really focus on doing his thing, shutting down his wares, uh, and pressing on the counter. Right. And you know what the forwards were saying the whole time? Bah humbug. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, I've been, I've been working on that gem for like three days. No, uh, totally joking. Um, you know, coming from seeing things on the sideline, you're still laughing. It's, I that, know. it's that good. <laughs> Andrew Weinbach What's said, wrong with bah, me? Bah What's wrong with me? Um, but coming from sitting on the sidelines and, and watching, it, he was by our half, uh, uh, or by our side of the field, uh, where we were sitting doing the um, the, the announcing, the scoreboard, the scoreboard yeah. and the announcing, and just seeing the composure on the ball was so incredible. Like, the dude never gets rattled. It's like, you could hear in his voice, he's a pretty chill guy, right? But he just, he just is, it, 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 it's incredible to me to see how he can, he can have all this crazy stuff happening around him, playing with three, four guys in the back that he just has never played with, and he doesn't care. It, it's like, whatever, I'm just going to do my thing. I'm going to lock this guy down, and yep. I'm going to get in the attack. And, man, when that guy gets in the attack, again, on a bigger, flatter surface, like, watch out. Like, he is, he's really good getting forward. Yeah. So, final thoughts on the game, John. I mean, I think our big question mark going into the season seems to uh, have been answered nicely. Uh, and that is, you know, how how would a bunch of players who've never really played together gel and compete to start the season? It's something that I asked Coach Kicker our first, you know, our first interview with him. I asked myself every day at and, training. And, you know, it's something he was even like, I don't know, I hope, I just hope they do. Uh, you know, he just wanted to get through these first few weeks and and hope to not make asses of ourselves. But I think we see that it's coming together really Really nicely. Well, yeah, I mean, we're sitting undefeated on four points, only behind the Bavarians, truly. You know, Cedar Rapids already has a loss, but a game in hand. I mean, we're we're going to be hitting our stride when other teams are wearing down in the season. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. So let's talk a little bit about what the, the Croatians brought. Yeah, not much. You know, not not a whole lot. And we, we joke about the fact that their their keeper was closer to, to 200 pounds on, <laughs> on the stomach end than he was on the muscle end. Um, but... The, no the, way that guy was under 200 pounds. <laughs> that guy was big. Um, but they didn't bring a whole <laughs> lot. I mean, it was it was kind of um, disappointing, I would say, from a team that is two, three years off of winning the U.S. Amateur Championships. Like, you know, they had some pedigree in there. But I think mm -hmm. what, they, uh, what they did from when we talked about the team last week and what we can expect from them, they – I don't know if they were listening or if they were that worried about our game against the Bavarians – and what they saw, they moved their their who I think is their their best target striker to central defense. Like I don't know why you do that unless there's a reason why you're you're afraid of what's what's coming at you, or if there was injury or whatnot, or if they were they were play, throwing caution to the wind because they had a game the next day against Minnesota United Reserve. I don't. Yeah, quite, were they were they saving up for it? Or? I think they saved up for the wrong team, to be honest with you. Yeah. And and. With all the conditions aside and, and just man for man, pound for pound, they they had nothing that dangered us. And like I mentioned before, the the thing that caused our their goal was a series of unfortunate breakdowns on our part. Yeah, it wasn't anything spectacular that they did. I think they came out, it felt like right away they were frustrated. They looked frustrated early. They looked frustrated often. Um, they were complaining to the ref a lot. They were getting 
there were some really aggressive challenges. Yeah, and uh, it was it was uh, early it was, in the game, which I felt right. were not warranted. And once that kind of, I thought the game could get real chippy. I thought it was going to be a rough ninety minutes. But, but our once, guys did well keeping composure. Yeah, they got, they oh, got, absolutely. They got hit hard. And once you know, and once the the ref made made it clear that. He wasn't really gonna with a couple throwing a couple yellow cards around mm-hmm. uh, that he wasn't really gonna allow that kind of game. I think they really had nothing else for us. Right, and and just uh, for for those of you who are listening, right now is a shooting drill that's kind of coming right at us. So uh, <laughs> hopefully we won't have to, uh, to pause um, and get out of the way. We're off to the left a little bit, so hopefully nobody's yeah nobody's aim is that off. Right, we'll get the uh, the the impromptu stadium field engineer to uh, block some shots for us here. Impromptu, this is my job. Yeah. Um, um, but but what no, else? Some other stuff happened around the PLA. Well, what's... I, I have a oh, little you still bit, have some thoughts? Yeah, a little bit of thoughts on, on what I saw with the, with, um, with the Croatians. Like I mentioned, a little disappointed in what they brought. Um, I've seen them play. They have a possession-based style of soccer. I don't know if it was because they weren't used to playing on the type of field we played on or what, or they... Our youth and our, our our energy kind of threw a wrench in that, but yeah. they didn't offer anything from a control standpoint. Everything went long, and and it went long to a short striker, which also baffles me again that they didn't have their best tall target striker if they're going to play long ball the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like I'm not I'm not a, a rocket surgeon here, <laughs> but to me it seems like if you're going to do that, like put the right pieces in uh, in place. Um, my favorite part about the whole entire yeah, the whole entire evening outside of the three-point victory was uh, going in the locker room to congratulate the guys afterwards and th- seeing a group of, like, four Croatian players smoking cigarettes together. Yeah. Like, it, br- it threw me back to Germany real fast, <laughs> and I thought it was awesome. Like, you know what? We lost. Let's uh, let's go Fuck rip it. a heater. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, we mentioned before on, on a bigger, flatter field, I think the the game goes 4 5 nothing. That's maybe 4 5 1. That's pretty crazy, but yeah. I can see that. There was a really nice uh, something just happened in front of us here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, and that's where I see the the loss that they had against Minnesota United being a tired team, and we'll get to that on mm-hmm. a bigger surface. Um, how it was a little bit, a little bit skewed. But, um, you know, a, a little bit more to offer, like we talked about before. Um, player of the game, Goose, uh, Ba, close runner-up. Yeah. Um, he had his lockdown. We talked through the interview. We heard we heard what he had to say. Um, and Goose is just a, a a growing boy among men. I think so. I think so. I'm excited to see what. Oh, I'm excited to see what he's gonna what he's gonna end up developing into this season. Right. So as usual, we talk about what kind of happened uh, across the PLA, both in the Eastern and Western Conference. The Eastern Conference, which majority of us really don't care about because we're not in it. Um, has some quality, um, but we yeah, saw like down goes Frazier. Uh, I watched a little bit of uh, of the highlights of that game. Oakland County beats Toledo, which my early front runner for uh, contender for the title won nothing at home, which uh, begs the question: How did their goalkeeper get voted into the league? The league top eleven. How many saves? I mean, he must have made he a, must have, a ton yeah, of saves. Yeah, that's the only way. Um, because when you look at the scoreline and the sheet. Uh, Matt Elder across two games outside of the Bavarians goalkeeper, which is they're in our division. Yep. Uh, they all have the same goals against average, and and Matt's got a game in hand. So interesting why he didn't he didn't get the nod. But you know it's it's a long season. Yep. Yep. Um, but how does uh, how does Toledo get beat by Oakland County? Um, Oakland County looked very very ready for the game. Like those guys um, didn't scuffle. Very organized. Put the heat on. Had a game plan. How to beat Toledo. And it, it was impressive to watch, but uh, but look for Toledo to bounce back and just steamroll whoever they play next, <laughs> just and, and just revenge get, game, yeah, revenge game, okay, Joel, a revenge stats game. Um, the other game that we wanted to point out was in our division with the Bavarians just curb stomping Madison six to zero at home. An embarrassment. It is an embarrassment. Driving the I ninety four battle was one sided. Yeah. Um, you know, one red card in the first twenty minutes, and looking at this, the it might have been the first ten. It was early that we'll, guy got. We'll guy give it. We'll give it. We'll give it twenty. Yeah, but. Definitely within the first 15. That's what oh, I well, we're being yeah. told it was the fourth minute. That's even more embarrassing. Um, but to, so that's that's a tough struggle. But man, six nothing. But it was already three nothing. No, it was, it was two nothing in the fourth minute. 
So, okay. they, I mean, 11 or 10 guys aside, it doesn't matter. They were getting worked on. They're playing on easy mode. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were playing against an eight-year-old who had Qatar, and they had Real Madrid on easy, on easy mode. Um, but, I mean, what, what do you say about that? I don't know. I mean, um, it makes, makes me feel good how, how well we played the Bavarians last week. Right on their home on their home field. First and, uh, game as an organization. You know, it's nice to it's nice to feel like we have to worry about Madison a little less. Right, but we've we've mentioned the team of the week. So the, the they came out a little bit late. The first team of the week, um, it did it was a little bit um, a little bit Western Conference heavy, which being in the Eastern Conference doesn't make me happy, but it is what it is. Um, but we had uh, two members on on the the inaugural um, season best eleven: Ben Wexler and Captain Trey Benhart. Which, absolutely, those two guys, yeah. um, they, they made it happen. And then this week, we had our man of the match, Goose, and then Matthew Gway, who, who made, made the roster. And then we mentioned before, obviously, um, Andrew Weidenbach, who scored the goal against us. And from what I hear um, out of the, the match against um, Minnesota United, really was the only One bright, of the few bright spots. Really the only bright spot that they had. So, um, so that was kind of the PLA recap. Looking forward to some of the matchups, um, actually, that are happening in the Western Conference this week. And then, uh, you know, obviously our matchup uh, that we have. Um, but we need to get, get that game in hand back and, and, uh, and go for three points and, and take the top of the table and see if anyone in our division can actually take the Bavarians down. That would be great. Um, so as far as roster moves go, um, none really made. Um, you know, none to talk about this week. Uh, we'll see how things kind of net out in the next few days. It feels um, kind of good to give the guys an opportunity to kind of settle in and, right, you know, take away the moving targets and see who's gonna and you know and try to fight for their let spots. Let them figure out who they're fighting fighting against. Yeah, right, exactly. Like f- fighting for their spots against the guys they fight with. Right, you know. So there are a couple um, couple guys like we mentioned that are coming back from the DA. Um, a couple other quality DA team members that have kind of um, thrown their scent out at us and said uh you've been watching a lot of nature documentaries yeah you know i, I love nature <laughs> putting out their musk yeah we're soccer best played in in the outdoors yep um but just the conversation still continues with a lot of high quality players that are not on our roster um or not locked up on any roster for that matter a couple guys that have national team commitments that is the reason why they haven't been back yet so when you throw the the words national team commitments around the, that's nothing that you want to turn down, at least for a look. So, right. um, but I will say, any any guys that are coming in and out of the system right now, uh, are they're going to have a tough uproad battle to get into not only the the thirty on our roster, the eighteen that travel for games, or the and then the starting eleven. Cause, yeah, for sure. Because right now we're 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 a well oiled machine, Nate. <laughs> we're getting there. Right. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Friday, man. We got the Minnesota United reserves coming to town. Um, this is nothing close to the Minnesota United team that we played a friendly against early in May. Right? No, it. Um, these guys are not being paid <laughs> minimum wage salaries to play in the NASL. The subs back up. So. Um, but a lot of the players are not unfamiliar to us. Most notably, um, three guys, or uh, sorry, four guys that, that stand out. One, Whitney Brown is a striker who has got ties to guys that uh, went to high school with a lot of guys that play with in Stegmans. Okay. Played in the MPSL last year. Um, he scored, I believe he scored uh, two and made the league uh, all 11 this week against the Croatians. Um, good striker, fast, very much so. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say Matthew Gway 2.0, maybe Matthew Gway 0.5. All right. Because Matthew <laughs> Gway is the, uh, is, is the man. But same kind of build, good touch, low center of gravity, fast, smart soccer player. Yep. Um, the other is uh, Miles Stockman-Willis, who is a St. Thomas product, who is um, in and out of trials with us. Um, not sure if, uh, if it just didn't work out on his end, um, but he, he ended up signing with, with Minnesota United uh, Reserves. Um, also on trial with us was um, uh, Habai Abat, who I think is a great dude. And um, if any of the guys that are on the roster for... Um, for Minnesota United F- uh, FC reserves, he's the one that I, I would say had the best shot at, at making it with making it with us. Yeah. Um, and then uh, to round it out is um, Javi Alicantra, uh, 
Word around town is Javi's, Javi's like the next thing since sliced bread. Came into trials, was a great player, but I don't think he actually fit our system, knowing okay. the center midfielders that we have. Um, and, you know, nothing to take away from how good he is. He's a great player. But I just don't think that he, he stacks up against the, the pedigree that we have in the middle in our system. So it's not necessarily like these guys don't play for us because they're, uh, they're not good enough, but maybe they're not good enough. Um, well, some of them, are, some of them aren't. Uh, yeah, getting flipped off by Steve here. Um, not, not to say that these guys aren't good enough. It's more so that um, the pathway to being paid to play soccer doesn't necessarily start running through us. Right. Um, it may in the long term. Would you look at when you look at guys like um, you know Will Kidd and Duncan and Steve. And Abdallah, and yep. I can keep going, and Goose, yep. those guys that may, as they continue to progress in their careers, um, play for money one day. But we're we're about guys that are a little little earlier in the development at this point in the in the franchise, right? And that's not the type of player that Minnesota United signs okay. from their reserve team because of the fact that they won't sign college players, right? So all these guys are post college, which they're trying to scratch the surface of being a professional soccer player who gets paid. So that is also a determining factor on why guys maybe were in our trials who were who made it past a couple rounds mm-hmm. and then decided, you know... It's easier to get some eyes on them if they're playing for the Minnesota United name. Right, exactly. And that's, I think, solely the reason why. Yeah. How far off from the A squad are these guys? Um, there's a good chance that, um, you know, I, I, when I wrote the show rundown, I, I said there's a good chance that some of these guys will be playing in the Open Cup as we speak right now yeah. in, in St. Louis. I looked at the roster. That's not the case. Oh, okay. Um, in the past, though, they've used the Open Cup first couple games to get some reserve guys, some some, tri- mm-hmm. some trial time, um, but none of them made the roster. The way the team, I mean, the way the A team's been playing, I could understand why they probably want to get those guys right. but, working uh, a little better. Um, from an organizational perspective, and here's where I get on my soapbox a little bit about the differences between Minneapolis City and Minnesota United um, as an organization, is that... Um, you know, they signed their coach like uh, literally like a week before the season started for the PLA. Yeah, they they had they had some time where they didn't have their roster in check, and we were already within training with majority of our guys that were in town. So, so it's just not a priority for for it, the organization. It doesn't seem like the reserves are a priority, and I don't want to say that because because I know I'm saying it as an outsider's perspective. It doesn't feel like it. It does not feel like it, and you know some of the guys came in on to trial with us after they'd been already in open tryouts with Minnesota United Reserves. Why would you come in? Because you have no there's no there's no certainty as to what might actually be happening. Yeah. So it's um again, it's something to take away from the organization. Their first team and the and the and the squad they throw out with the A squad is is doing their thing outside of last weekend losing to Fort Lauderdale um, at home for their first loss. But the reserves it seems like when when you make that jump into the MLS there's needs to be emphasis on player development um, they signed a a, de- uh, a deal with Shattuck St. Mary's who, who we, we trained uh, had a training match against to be their kind of youth feeder oh, system cool. which is great for the organization much yeah. like what we have with with the Thunder Academy mm-hmm. um, but what they they don't do is they don't look at that influx of what the reserve team can really do beyond giving a few guys some minutes from the first team when they're coming back from injury. Right. And and it, as an organization moving up, you need to do that. They're I not mean, treating it like a true farm team. They are not. And and if you look at what we have, we're treating Stegman City in our in our first division of MASL amateur amateur um, as our true reserve team. You mm-hmm. look out here right now. There's probably nine or ten guys in training right now of the 22 that are out here that are Minneapolis city guys who are looking to train with the first team and get a look. And some of those guys are playing with us. Yep. I mean, you, you, you talk, you throw some names out there that are, are rostered on our reserve team, like Camerata and Tim Willis. We've been talking about those guys for months. Right. Right. AO came from there. Yep. So, um, James, our backup goalie plays there and he would have been ready to go in and start if anything happened to Matt. So, we're a small organization. It seems like they need to do that themselves. Act like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they are who we thought they were. Yeah, that's right. So this team is, is in fourth place. They're behind us. But like you said, game in hand. Um, their record is 1-0-1. And, and that win is deceiving, man. 
Yeah. Well, the first one that they they like they played two games, uh, not in succession, but they played two games um, close back to back. First one was against Cedar Rapids. Yep. And they got worked by Cedar Rapids. And from all three in- to one. Yeah. All indications of of what Cedar Rapids is throwing out there. Three of their best players play for Cro- the Croatians. Mm-hmm. So. Um, they're an indoor-based team. They play, have a professional indoor team, so it's a lot of indoor guys. So everything's kind of quick and technical in, a short, in short spaces. However, you get on a bigger, bigger field and you start playing against uh, you know, bigger, bigger, stronger guys that can move quick, uh, and they're not moving in a small indoor field. That causes problems. But they played on a bigger field, and, and the, from what the highlights dictated, there was quite the golazo that they gave up. But here's the thing. They, they still got beat 3 to 1 by yeah. the, a team that they sit in front of us but probably should finish closer to the bottom. The second game though, like you said, was deceiving against a tired Croatian team. Yeah, and I don't like you said those guys, it's not like the Croatians really treated our our game like it was uh, a warm up or treated our game like the 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 B squad was going to come out against us and they were saving their strength for for the for the reserves the next day. It was uh it was maybe too many cigarettes after our game. <laughs> it was a beatdown no matter how you look at it. Uh, yeah, so I think that that scoreline is deceiving. I'm really excited for the game on Friday to see what happens. Um, we know the dark clouds are planning on coming out, so everyone listening needs to get out here and support Minneapolis City because uh, it is the Derby. We, That's right. We're playing against our crosstown rivals from Woodbury. And we've got a lot of our, or a couple of our guys that we haven't seen so far that are going to be suiting up, uh, namely Duncan, of course. Hopefully we'll see some more Will Kidd. Yeah, I mean... Uh, potentially Jack Miller, if he can recover. He's got a little bit of a knock. We got, um, we got Steve. Maybe Steve, yeah. Steve. And I, I think that, you know, if, if if Jack can't play, Steve's a great guy to, to slide in there. Um, but, you know, Duncan... Does Duncan get the start over Matt? I don't know, man. I mean, first game back, and Matt's got two... He's got two great games, and he's undefeated, so it'd be an interesting an interesting switch to make. Right, right. And that that's why we make the big bucks. Yep. That's, we get to call those shots. <laughs> we, we, not the coaches. That's right. It's Everything all is us. decided on this podcast. So uh yeah, Friday Friday might get a little rainy. Uh but screw it. Screw it. We'll be here. Bring a poncho. Saturday was rainy too, man, and we were here. Uh so Friday, you know, Friday Friday's gonna happen. It's gonna be awesome. Uh but that should do it for us, man. I think next week next week we're gonna recap this match that should when is this match? This match is Friday at 6? 6.30. p.m. Uh, so it's a nice happy hour match. You can get off work early maybe. If you've got some summer hours saved up. Yeah. Maybe hit, a, hit, hit one, of the, one of the breweries around the neighborhood or maybe the rail the station rail beforehand. Station. Yep. And, get uh, some summit deals. Yeah, of course. And then swing on over with us. Uh, we'll definitely be here. And I think we're going to have a pretty solid crowd one way or the other because uh, – like you said, Minnesota United reserves those. The Minnesota United fans are going to bring the heat for some reason. Um, you know, and from what I saw on you know, and any highlights and the scouts that we had at the match told me um, the dark clouds are going to come out for our game because they like us better. They, maybe they're, <laughs> maybe they're afraid of us. Oh, okay. They weren't really at the other games, so that's fine. Yeah. Come in, buy a ticket. If they think they need to. They need to help the team along against us. It'd be, it'd be great it. to have kind of two rival supporter sections just doing what they do and, and being loud and just get a really good raucous atmosphere here, a yeah, respectfully man. raucous atmosphere. Yeah, man. So uh, that should do it for our, for our Memorial Day delayed episode. Yeah, sorry about that, folks. That's cool. Hey, man, it's like garbage men, right? We got a, we got a day that we have to catch up. Um, next week we're going to recap that match. We're going to maybe have some player updates, organizational adjustments if those occur. Uh, but really, we're going to be looking ahead to this long road trip coming up uh, on the 10th and the 11th. We're going to Cedar Rapids, and then we're going to go to uh, to Croatia. To, Mo- to Croatia. <laughs> that's going to that's going to be weird, and it's going to be cool. Uh, and then other cool stuff, too, as usual, we promised. Uh, John, uh, have you heard that Summit is turning 30? I think we've brought it up about 1,000 times. I, I, I have. Uh, as our official sponsor, they have been gracious enough to let us try the new 30-year anniversary brew, uh, the Keller Pills. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go try some people, uh, or at least go online to summitbrewing.com, learn more about the other members of their 30th anniversary series. That's pretty cool that they're they're coming out with yeah, all these different brews. Yeah, kind of rolling out a couple different ones. I mean, yeah. I think they have like three or four. Wow, that car, it sounds like garbage <laughs> going by. It's your shocks, big bro. <laughs> Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, of course, we are uh, MCSC podcast at gmail.com. We haven't had a listener. Yeah, anything. we need some emails, Come man. On, we need some emails, started. especially now that you've, you guys are watching some games. If you have any questions for us or if you want to try to sneak some questions to the players or to the coaches, 
I bet we can make that happen. So just uh, shoot us some emails, mcscpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet at us at MPLSCitySC or at Johnny Business, two N's, two Z's, two S's, of course. At Mexinate, that is me. Uh, and that is all for this week. I am Nate, that is John. And John, what has three words and is likely something a Little League baseball coach would say to a batter? Go get him, Tiger. That is also the name of our house band. This is Sleep Cyclone. You're welcome, ears of America. Bye bye. Is